Our culture is disintegrating. Hey, 10,000 pass the salt. Hey, you, pass the salt. You know what, why it's disintegrating? Because we're oh. jellyfish. <laughs> pass the salt, will you? Pass the salt. Pass the salt, amigo. It is time. It's time. I think they could give us a new name. I believe we are Evan Jellyfish. Hey, will you pass the salt? Pass the salt. We need salt over here. It's time for Pass the Salt. Pass the salt. But we like to share the gospel without any backbone to it, see? The views, opinions and seemingly outrageous comments expressed in this program are based on the Holy Spirit leading of a man called Coach. I gotta ask you this out there, Christian America. It's time for Pass the Salt with a Coach, Dave Daubenmeyer. Hey, good morning. Still on that, still on that family kick this morning. You say, what? Well, yeah, still on that family kick a little bit today. You know, uh, uh, I had a conversation with uh, my buddy Norm and uh, Tom, uh, Pastor Tom Gill yesterday, Pastor Tom came over, had a conversation with Pastor Tom. And uh, I'm, I'm, turning, I'm, t- I'm just telling you, we need to turn our sights more and more, more and more to our families, to our, to our children, to the generation to come. And I think that part of the problem that we're dealing with, really, part of the problem we're dealing with, again, I, always, I always double back to this, right, uh, is uh, I think we're dealing with a real strong theological problem. And that theological problem being, are we in the last days or not? Are we in the last days? Because uh, unless, unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain, right? And how many of you out there, I'm, I, again, I've been around my, my 10 grandkids. I've been gone for four days, and I got to be back around them and the joy and the, of being with them. You, you understand what I'm saying? And just watching them and, and saying, daggone, daggone. Not, number one, not only is it a burden to me of what I'm leaving them, and I'm not talking money and inheritance. Bible says that a wise man leaves an inheritance to his children's children, and it's not money. It's not this stuff that we think about when we think of an inher- inheritance. Hey, John, that'd be a good thing, John. Pull that up for me real quick. Heritage or inheritance, pull that up on, on uh, 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 Mr. Webster for me. Heritage or inheritance. Hey, folks, I'm sorry for our screens. I don't know. We're going to try to get it fixed. Some of you can't see this, and, and John's doing the best he can to try to, to, try to accommodate all of you. But we're we're definitely having some technical issues. Some people can't see the screen, and I'm I'm sorry, man. Again, the best way if you want to see it, just go to Coach Dave. Just go directly to CoachDaveLive.com, CoachDaveLive.com, and it can be streamed there, and you can see it there. Okay, but an inheritance. Remember, a wise man leaves an inheritance, right? An inheritance is uh, the reception of an estate by hereditary right or recent by or descent by which an estate, I used to be able to read, an estate or title is cast on the heir. The, the estate or possession which may descend to an heir. And Rachel and Leah answered and said, is there any portion of an inheritance for us in our father's house? An estate given or possessed by donation or divine appropriation. That which is possessed or enjoyed. Ask of me and I will give for thee the heathen for thine inheritance. So inheritance is more than money, so much more than money and property. And say, I got that from my old man. Where did you get that? Well, I got that from my old man. I'm you just like your old man. That's an inheritance, whether you realize or not. And the scripture says that uh, that uh, the sins of the father are passed down to the children. They're the first and the second. That's an inheritance, friends. And the Bible says that a wise man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. Think about that a second. He leaves an inheritance to his children's, ch- to his grandkids. To his, he leaves an inheritance to his grandkids. I'm, I'm thinking about this as I'm, uh, you know, Michelle and I are getting older, and we're thinking about uh, estate planning and wills and all that stuff. And you know, most of you would, would prompt, some of you maybe have already been there. I could get Mike Blake in there. He could, he could tell us this. The argument that takes place over inheritance. Is my family, Zach, Abby, and Maggie, our children, are our children going to be fine after Michelle and I go with the inheritance plan that we've left them? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. But the Bible says that's not even it. The Bible says that the wise man leaves an inheritance, meaning a spiritual inheritance, to his children's children. And fortunately or unfortunately, the inheritance passes 
through your children, my children. And I and I I'm, I want I want to brag a little bit because well just just bear with me here a second. What kind of spiritual inheritance was left to you? Just as, as you all sit in here, whether you be forty years old or fifty years old or seventy years old, what was the inheritance that your family left you spiritually? Well, I'm going to tell you, my father and mother, when they passed, there was almost no inheritance financial, almost none. And why? Well, because they had had five kids. Dad was a factory worker. He didn't have anything really other than just the house. A lot of you are in the same situation. You can say amen, right? That that's that World War II generation, they just worked enslaved and owned their house. And that was the best thing that they, that, that they could, you know, could come up with. But uh, I, I know me, when I, when Michelle and I got married, I didn't have any idea how to raise a child. I was a school teacher. I mean, I knew how to, I knew education, understood that. But I, look, folks, I had no idea how to raise my children spiritually. Do I have any friends out there? Will anybody say amen? And and what what I what I had been taught, amen. what I had been taught is that I took my children to the church to be taught spiritual issues. But that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says that there's a spiritual inheritance I leave to my children. Hey, looking at me, good or bad, you're you're leaving something behind. You're leaving something behind. You look at what's going on in America and ask yourself this. Are we, as Christians, leaving a spiritual inheritance? Listen now to our children's children. When you look at your grandchildren, do you see a reflection of you and the values that you taught to your children? That could be good or bad, couldn't it? I'm just like my old man. <laughs> just like my old man. Huh? My dad was a drunk. I'm a drunk. Just like my old man. See, there's, there's something very, very, very significant there that we do not understand. And whether you, it's too late for me, it's too late for you. I was a public school teacher. The schools probably today are much, much different. I haven't been in the public school since 2000. 2000. Clay, you're good at math. How long is that? Since 2000? Yeah. We're in we're in 2023, 23 years. So it's been 23 years since I was a public school teacher. And I can tell you in 2000 when I left when they ran me out, when they ran Christianity out in 2000, I was trying to warn people, the British are coming. The, hey, the British are coming. What's going on in these schools ain't good. Can anybody imagine where we are 23 years later? See, here's the problem. Clay Parker still thinks, I'm, I love Clay, all right? I love Gene Schreier. I love all of you. Clay Parker still thinks the schools are what they were when he was there. That's what he thinks, see? He said, I, I went to public school and I came out okay. Clay, your children's children. Your children's children. Your training shows up not in your children, although it does. It shows up in your grandchildren. And I, and I by by the luck of God, I, I I just I don't I don't know how. Somehow our two daughters got it. And I look at our grandchildren. Oh my goodness, they're being trained in the fear and the admonition of the Lord. How about this? Abby and Maggie both have school age children. And they both homeschool. Now, listen, coming from a home of two public school teachers, Michelle and I were both public school teachers. Our children were in public schools. Zach, Abby, and Maggie were all in public schools. And right now, as I sit here right now, we have zero children in public schools. Why is that? Well, somehow along the way, the values of me and my wife got into my grandchildren. How did that happen? How did that happen? Especially when I was such a haphazard dad. I didn't, folks, I didn't find the Lord. I, I always kind of throw a bone to, and I didn't be careful how I say this. 
Um, our two our two daughters never knew a moment. They never lived in a house with an unsaved father. Never, ever. I was saved before both of them were born. We had one child who grew up in a home where I wasn't saved for a portion. I, I, I'm trying to show you a spiritual significance here, right? Spiritual significance. And two of our daughters have really, really, whatever, for whatever reason, they're training their children in the fear and the admonition of the Lord. Wise man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. So if I want to find out what kind of parent I've been, look at my grandchildren. If you want to find out what kind of parent you've been, look at your grandchildren. But here's the problem. One of the reasons that some of you aren't going to like what you see is because your values aren't in your grandchildren. You let somebody else put the values into your children. Somebody say amen, so I feel like I'm not kicking everybody in the Amen. Amen. Do I understand what's going on here? Not only just not only just educationally, reading, writing, arithmetic, not, not only not just science and evolution, not all that stuff, but the whole idea of a spiritual home with a spiritual covering, with Jesus Christ as king, that being taught to your children. Man, oh man, folks, that that is that's the war that's raging today. For you, if you have a Christian home, for you to maintain that Christian home. Why? Because everything about your children, well, some of you now have grandchildren, everything that you would hope that they would have is under assault. Every, everything, everywhere you look. That's what we call a cultural war. And the reason we're losing the cultural, are you ready? Here comes the, Vinny here becomes the boom of the day. The reason we're losing the cultural war is because most of our pastors have been educated in government schools. Boom. Thanks, Vinny. Huh? Right? And you ask yourself this, what was their training? See, you can't, you can't blame somebody for something they don't know. But you can blame them when they become willfully ignorant. When you present the evidence to them and they still don't want to do anything about it. That's the danger. So here's where we are. I'm just telling you, how could any pastor, any man of God ever stand in the pulpit and and brag about the public schools? Can somebody help me out? Explain that one to me. How any how any person who is serving the Lord think that a secular education doesn't pull kids away from Christ? How could any person ever think that? How could they ever think that? And if you think about your local church, and I'm like, look, I'm a, I don't mean to, I ain't got no church. Right? I, 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 easy for me to criticize. I don't do it, right? Huh? Can somebody explain to me why we think that you go to church on Sunday and you walk in there and you sit in the pew and your kids go in and draw pictures of Noah's Ark, but somehow they're getting a spiritual training and you go home and you never do anything about it. You never have family devotions. You never have prayer. You never te- teach your own children how to pray. That's one of the things that I admire about about uh, our, our daughters. I'm not bragging about our daughters. I don't. I stumbled on good children. I, I just stumbled on them. Okay, I just did. They have their children pray at meal. They have their children pray. Do you do you grandkids know how to pray? Just just settle right there a second. Ask yourself this: do Your grandkids know how to pray? Do your grandkids know how to appeal to heaven? Because a wise man. If he doesn't leave that to his grandchildren, he wasn't a very wise man. I'm not trying to make enemies. I'm just trying to explain to us exactly where we are. And even today, right here in this huddle, we still do not understand the danger of what we are putting our children in. And it's going to show up and you're going to say, wow, what happened to Billy? Well, Billy just picked up all that stuff they taught him in that school. That's all. Billy just picked up on it. And some of you right now could raise your hand and tell me horror stories or heartbroken stories about the prodigal that you have, the child that walked away, 
the child that when he was 14, 15, he was in the youth group, went to youth group activities, and now all of a sudden he's 25 years old. He just got out of college. He doesn't want anything to do with the Lord. Anybody know anybody like that? Huh? Listen, the, the field, the battlefield is strewn with those bodies. Everywhere you look, those bodies. Because why? We're not wise men. We are not wise men. Because I know this, that a wise man, leaves an inheritance to his children's children. And I've left an inheritance to my children's children. Can I tell you the truth? Often by accident. By accident. Wasn't me. I didn't know enough about it. I wasn't trained. And when was the last time that you went into a church where they actually did training of parents to train their children? Or isn't that, what a, isn't that what a fellowship is supposed to be about? Should, should I not be able to? This is what, this is what I love about, love about the queue. By the way, you know what makes the queue? You know what makes the queue amazing? Is the, after, is the after show. Good and bad. Good and bad. Some of you guys, for those of you who, aren't, who don't know this, those who log on at Coach Dave Live, when, when this show goes off, they remain, they remain in here. They fight and chew and eat each other alive for an hour every day. Huh? They bark. I'm, t- I'm telling you the truth, right? And because why? Men and women are so hungry for real, true, honest, open fellowship. They find it here. They find it here. Now, ask this. Who are your grandchildren fellowshipping with? Who are your grandchildren fellowshipping with? Because whether you know it or not, that's who they're really learning from. Oh, yeah, that's who they're really learning from. So we have got to come to real. I have, again, I talked to my, my buddy, Coach Norman. Roger, I want to talk to some. I want to get some of you guys in here because my heart is so hard towards the next generation. It's just happened to me really in the last last six months. I'm, I'm, I'm on my way out. Most of you are on your way out here. And when I look back over my shoulder, what kind of inheritance have I left? What have I left? What kind of inheritance have I paid for with my tax dollars? What have I left? And if those of us who really, really care about this nation and really, really care about our children and our grandchildren and the direction it's gone, we got to bone up, man. we got we got to bone up. Not bragging. Please don't ever think I'm doing this. Last night was, was uh, our little, little granddaughter Amory's fifth birthday. We had a little birthday party over and ate some cake. And in that room, my wife has a sign that hangs in our house. It says, home where cousins become best friends. And I sat there last night and I watched those. Only eight of them were there last night. They are best buddies. They're best buddies. And our daughters in particular are very, very, what's the word? They really watch what their kids do. They really watch what environment they put them in. They really watch who they hang around. And I guess I'm, golly, 19 minutes here. My focus, all of our focus has to, has to turn to them. <clears throat> and I think probably there's some of you out there who maybe when you die, you're going to pass your inheritance to your grandchildren, which is a good thing, I think. But what kind of spiritual heritage have we left? I never, I said this yesterday, I don't think I ever in my, dad, in my life heard my father pray. My mom, I don't know if I ever heard my dad pray. My dad was a Catholic believer, and I would go to church with him, and I would kneel beside him, and he would he would do whatever you do when you kneel on that little thing, and whether he's saying our fathers or hail Mary, whatever it is. I think dad was praying then, but he never ever pulled me aside and sat down with me. And says, "Son, let's pray." Never. Anybody have that happen in your life? See, folks, look. This is when grandparents can so intervene. Grandparents can do that, and those of us who are older. The older we get, the better we're able to see 
the spiritual war, especially after our children. And because we see it, we must step in. We must intervene. And we run into a problem because they're not our kids. They're our children's kids. Right? Yet, what? Yeah, there's an inheritance in them. Inheritance for me in them. And uh, we need to do we need to do all we can to encourage that. I got a lot of stuff I could show you here today, but I just want you to know that from my standpoint, uh, I'm really I'm really starting to focus there. I'm really starting to focus there. We've got to, we've got to man oh man, we got to get them. Got to get the next generation. Um, let me show this for you real quick, Keith. I'll get you in here in a second. I. If you could, uh, Spencer, go ahead and play that uh, that Browns video that you put together. I don't know how many of you saw this yesterday. So I had, I had, uh, I said, hey, uh, I think it was Spencer that did. So do me a favor, man. It's hard. Make it bigger. We put denominations on each one of these players. And we put out a little 30-second clip on the power of unity. Some of you couldn't see it yesterday. I hope you can see it today. But this is those Cleveland Browns. And now we got the Methodists, we got the Catholics, we got the Presbyterians, the Lutherans, the Pentecostals, the Assemblies of God, all pushing the same direction. This, for me, is the picture of the body of Christ. Go ahead and play that real quick. It's only it's only a minute minute long. Can't hear it. Can you guys hear that? I can't. There's no sound to it. Maybe that's why I can't hear it. Play it again. Play it again. Play it again. No sound to it. Again, watch all these denominations come forward and take on the Luciferians. (laughs) Take on the public schools. Take on the school boards. Look at no resistance from the other team. No resistance. What are your grandkids worth, folks? What are they worth? Keith, come on in. You ever watch the Avengers? There's uh, one episode where Loki reminds the Hulk of how much of a god he is. Mm. And then the Hulk turns around, grabs Loki by the feet, wipes him off the floor about five or six times. And he kind of reminds me he's not so much a God after the, you know. Anyway. Amen. Amen. That's Amen. how I feel about Rod now. <laughs> yep. I, I'm, I'm telling you. I, and uh, I look around and, wow, wow. Hey, I want to show you this real quickly. Pull up uh, number three for me. Because I was out of town when this happened. And I went, I, my heart is to do something about this, to do something about it. And I'm trying to get a hold of some pastors down in the local area. Uh, Students, the students, the students at a school up by Lima, Ohio, the students walked out over transgendered bathroom policy. The students walked out. Now, as I sit here today, it's been four days later because I was out of town. We should we should have already been amping it up. We should have already had a rally there with those students. That entire community should have rallied. If we don't actively push back against the forces of darkness, they're not going. Play that clip again, Spencer. Pull it back up Amen. there. Pull those football guys up there. Huh? Pull those football guys back up there. Guys carrying the ball. Somebody's carrying the ball up here in, in uh, up near Lima, Ohio. Somebody's carrying the ball. Here come the reinforcements. Here come the reinforcements. So the students walked out because they don't want boys in the girls' bathroom. Where are the daddies? Go back and play that. Play the second clip then, right? Where are the community? Where are the pastors in town? What a chance to rally. This could be, see, see, this could be, if we're smart enough to see it, this could be the spark that lights the fire, that gets a court's case to the Supreme Court, and that the Supreme Court says, hey, sorry, there's a man and there's a woman. There's a man and there's a woman. All these other genders are baloney. We, God, we can't miss these opportunities. Go ahead, go ahead and play this. That's walkout. That is in response to the school's policy allowing transgender teens to use the bathrooms or locker rooms based on their gender, uh, ch- their chosen gender. Our next guest joined the walkout and says she was even harassed in a bathroom by a biological male under these policies. 
Lydia High School student, Charisma Ackroyd, joins alongside her dad, Phil. Um, thanks so much for joining the program. Um, so tell me, you're, you're in the restroom, you're changing between periods, uh, between classes. What happened next? I had a hoodie and sweatpants on and I had an outfit on underneath. And while I was taking my sweatpants and hoodie off, this male walked into the bathroom, kind of gave me a weird look, and he just said that he wanted to join in. And he started laughing and looking at me all weird and walking towards me. Phil, she comes home and talks to you about it. And what do you do next? Hang on a minute! Hang on a minute! Huh? Where are the offensive linemen coming beside Phil? Where are they? Go ahead. Uh, it's very, very upsetting to hear. And uh, we had a conversation with her and uh, her mother and I talked to each other. And essentially, we like we need to talk to uh, someone that matters here. So we scheduled an appointment um, with the school principal. We were assured that you know, the matter would be handled. And oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, no, they'd be assured the uh, matter would be handled. To huh? allow us to continue. Get him, get him off of there. Get him off of there. You understand what? Yeah. You, folks, you, are you getting this at all? You understand? It's dying for lack of a second. We should have already had 500 people outside that school. Already. Do you have any idea how many people across America are sick of this in their own school? Good things are happening. I'm telling you, we're, we're so winning. We are so winning. You love your kids? Do you love your neighbor's kids? Do you love children? What the heck's going on? I sent a text message out to about 30 different people. Said, let's go. I'm out of town, but let's go. Haven't heard back, heard back from one of them. <clears throat> Amen. Amen. Yeah, Myra, go ahead. In regard to unity, it is written, Psalm 53 to 5, that is Psalm 53 to 5. Our God shall come and shall not keep silence. A fire shall devour before him, and it shall be very tempestuous around about him. He shall call the heavens from above and to the earth that he may judge his people. And verse 5, Gather my saints together unto me, those that have made a covenant with me by sacrifice. Hallelujah. It's a covenant with the Lord by sacrifice. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a test here. I'm going to test here real quick. Um, how does God move in the earth? Somebody can sh shout out the answer. You could raise your hand, but it's okay. You don't have to. He moves through people. Through people? people? You mean God moves through people? You mean you just don't say, Lord, Lord, please give us, give us righteous public schools, and then he does it? Is, is that what you mean? Huh? You mean you don't just say, oh, God, please clean out all the bad teachers, and then he does it? Oh, Lord, please clean up the curriculum in our school. And then he does it. God moves through people. Friends, they are eating alive the seed of the woman. Somebody say boom. They are eating alive boom. the seed of the woman. Boom. Genesis battles what? Seed of the serpent. Seed of the woman. And they are eating them alive in our schools because why? We don't want to get involved. We, don't, huh? we don't want to get involved. He said, Lord, move on those schools. Lord, get prayer in those schools. Lord, we need Jesus back in those schools. Well, hell, do something then. I want to start. A, I, got, I got all kinds of stuff, man. I want to. I, in Ohio, bear with me a second. Angie, hang on. In Ohio, they just legalized pot and abortion. 50, it takes 50.1% to make something constitutional now, right? Okay, so why don't we put prayer back in school then, 50.1? Why don't we put Bible reading back in school, 50.1? 
50.1. It's all we, all we need. Why don't we put uh, um, the Bible as part of the curriculum back in the schools, 50.1? Where is the vision of the church to do these kind of things? Where is it? Where Where is the 50.1 vote that says a man is a man and a woman is a woman? Where is that vote? See, we're not smart enough to see the Bible says somewhere in the Bible that the children of the world, the that lost people are smarter than them dumb Christians. Paraphrasing. So now we ought to look around Christians and say, wow, you mean we can change our culture by a vote of 10 to 9? We can do that now? I'm using the numbers, right? 10 to 9, we can do that? We could vote prayer back in our local school? Wow. Let's go, baby. Let's go. Where, where is that? Angie, where's that movement? Where are those people? Where's that vision? Where are those? Get it back. Hey, put it back up there. Get those Cleveland Browns football players up there. Where are these guys? Where are these guys, huh? All right, we're going to get prayer back in school. Oh, we're going to get Bible. We're going to get transgenderism out of school. Let's vote it, right? Come on. Yeah, Angie, you're right. They're fighting over doctrines. I'm going to tell you a story, and then I'm going to open it up. I yelled enough this morning. I remember when I was at London High School, and just before the whole thing was going on, one of the one of, well, one of the churches was having a powerful youth night at their church. Every Sunday night, they were, they were getting they're getting youth together, and it was good. It was good. It's good stuff. And I had a conversation with one of the pastors one time, and I, I said something about it. And you know what he said? I, I, he said, Coach, uh, I can't send our guys over there because we don't agree with their doctrine. Truth! And I said, well, Pastor, do you agree with the doctrine in the public school? He didn't know what to say. Didn't know what to say. So as I sit here today, on what day is it? The 15th day of November. I want to go on the offensive. Anybody out there want to go on the offensive? Anybody out there want to try to win? Anybody want to try to get a bunch of guys and huddle up and go knock somebody down? Look, look, look. Not take on major, not take on Washington, D.C., take on local schools, take on your local schools. We'll help you. We'll help organize it. We can win locally. We just saw it. We can do it. And what's the plan to make that happen? And what's the issue we take on first? Because, friends, come on, get some vision here, because where there is no vision, the people perish. What if in Ohio... We vote back in prayer in schools, 10 to 9. We vote it back in. And it goes up through the court system and up through, and the Supreme Court says, which they've already said, by the way, uh, prayer is a local decision. Boom! (laughs) Come on! God works through people. Come on in, Keith. Where'd you go to write it up? Well, that's where we would get in the multitude of many counsel and the multitude of many counselors is great wisdom. We can find people who will write it up. If, look, folks, again, hey Spencer, put that put the Cleveland Browns back up there for me, Spencer. Put them back up there. Just right there at the end. Just put them right there at the end. Just run them through there, huh? <clears throat> oh, what happened to it there? But some of you can't right there. Stay right there. You mean we can't get the churches to do it? You mean we can't get the churches, signatures in the churches, to put prayer back in school? We can't do that? We can't put churches in our community to pass a petition saying we're going to put on the Ohio Constitution that biological male and biological female is the identity by which people are going to be identified. We can't do that? What, what do you mean we can't do that? See, we don't think that way, do we? Oh, God, Lord, you intervene. Okay, the Lord says, here, go. Here's the plan. Go do it. 
No, 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 Lord, you do it. Would you do it, Lord? Huh? Lord, would you move on the heart of the school board? Would you give us the right school board member? How's that been working for us, friends? And you can take it over every area, every area, every walk of the life is a walk of life is uh, we're in the mess we are in because we're asking the Lord to do what he's given us the power to do. But we don't seem to be, we don't seem to want to do it. Uh, I'm going to pause a minute. Somebody wants to comment about that or I'm going to move to something else that's been burning in me. If you want to say something, come now. Keep going. I'm going. Okay, Chad, I'm going to keep going. Oh, my goodness. Which one? Go to number four. Go to number four. Same. It's the same topic. Kirk Cameron. You all know who Kirk Cameron is, right? He was on Glenn Beck. What do you think, Glenn? What do you think Kirk Cameron's talking about? Hey, friends. How long are you going to allow them to have porn books in your library? How long are you going to do that? Does anybody out there, any men in particular, do you remember the first time you saw pornography? Anybody remember? Well, I do. I do. I saw it twice. I, first time I was about 14 years old, and my aunt gave us a bunch. Uh, they, always, they always gave something to us because there were five kids, and we didn't have any. <laughs> we didn't. <laughs> We were eating crackers for, you know, we didn't have money. And so my aunt said, my one aunt was kind of wealthy. She would give us, she'd always given us stuff. And one of the things she gave us was a box full of magazines. And one of them was this thing called Playboy. I'm not making this up. This is before pornography was even thought of in America. And I opened it up one day and looked in there. And it was a picture of a woman with no clothes on from the waist up. I might have been 14. I remember it vividly. And then about a year later, a year and a half later, I went to school. And one of my classmates brought in some hardcore porn in a magazine. If they'd have caught him with that, he'd still be doing time. And now the libraries are promoting it. Why are the libraries promoting it? Because there's no opposition to it. And the devil is constantly after the kids. Perversion. Pull, there's a good word. Pull that up. Perversion. Perversion. Man, our guys are on, they're on it, aren't they? They're on it. Perversion. Perversion, the act of perverting, a turning of, from truth or propriety, a starting, a parting from the true intent or object, change to something worse. So we now, we don't understand that transgenderism is perversion. Somebody say amen. Somebody say amen. 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 We're called to tolerate perversion, right? That's what we're told, told, told to do. And by the way, if you speak up against it, you're the perverted one. Amen? Oh, I'm all, I'm all over it today, aren't I? Pull up Kirk Cameron. Put it at about 1.75 speed. I'm not going to show you much of it. Kirk Cameron on Glenn Beck. I, I often think about Rush Limbaugh in this aspect. Something... Do you have any idea the impact Rush Limbaugh could have had? Do you have any idea if he said, you know what we're going to do today all across America? We're going to, here on the EIB network, we're going to push back against porn in our libraries. Do you you think he could have raised up an army to do that? Well, of course he could. Why didn't he? Why didn't he? (laughs) Huh? He had talent on loan from God. Why didn't he? Why didn't he organize and push back? See, if the trumpet blast is uncertain, the Bible says, who will go to war? If nobody's blowing the trumpet, there's the enemy. Who's going to go to war? And you know what? The war's raging and people see it. 
They're tired of it. But nobody will do anything about it. Play Kirk Cameron there. Put it, I think he, 1.75, I think he talks pretty fast. Go ahead. I, we're not going to watch all of it. Back to the uh, program. A uh, good friend, actor and producer, and dare I say it, activist, Kirk Cameron. Ooh. I know. <laughs> I, I, I've been given worse words. <laughs> I got a few labels nowadays. <laughs> but you really kind of have, I mean, I think we all have. If you care about what's going on in the country, you can't sit around anymore. No, I think those days are over. At least I hope that they're over. Because there are others on the other side who are not sitting around. They yeah. are reformers. They're yeah. not sitting on the couch watching CNN uh, or, or Fox sort of crying about a Republican, conservative, Christian win here or there. They're saying, uh, we've got a ground game and we're relentless. We're not going to stop. And I think we could learn a lot of lessons from them. Yeah. Scholastic. Uh, Scholastic. They um, have had their book fairs for years. And we've Over 100 all, years. Yeah, and we've all grown to trust that brand as Disney. <laughs> and they've kind of gone the way of Disney, haven't they? That's right. That's, that's right. Um, they, they have, they're, they're now controllers in part of the woke matrix. And they're so massively influential. Uh, have, you, have you ever wondered when you watch these videos of moms at school boards uh, screaming and yelling about this sexually explicit content, this nudity, this pornography coming down to elementary school kids, where does this stuff come from? Is it the board members? Is it the librarian who's into this weird stuff? No. There's a wolf in grandma's clothing to use the Little Riding Hood metaphor, and that wolf, we have discovered, is the world's largest publisher and distributor of children's books, which is Scholastic. They're a billion-dollar company around for over 100 years. They have over 100,000 book fairs across the country, hundreds every single day in public and private schools, and the books are increasingly laced with gender-confusing, race-infused, pornographic, sexually explicit material that you can't even advertise on Facebook. The conservative Christian conglomerate meta <laughs> is even saying you can't show that stuff. And those are adult standards. That's not even pointing out the fact that these are images and content for minors. How is this even, honestly, how is this even legal or possible? Didn't What was the state that just passed the law that if, a, if you can't say it on FCC-regulated airwaves, mm. you can't use it in schools? That's right. And I, I don't understand it when these school boards will sit there and say, as parents will angrily read a book yep. that their kids brought home, and they'll say, that's not appropriate. What do you mean it's not appropriate? We're all adults. Yeah, exactly. And uh, Glenn and, and Stu, I want you to know that, that I'm not using hyperbole here. I didn't believe this until I bought the books and I read them myself. I'm holding them up here. And we've got Welcome to St. Hell. We've got Stars in Her Eyes, Rick, Melissa, George, all sorts of, of books. And in there is literally instruction manuals for preteen children on how to uh, have sex as another gender and how to turn your female tiny sex organ into your very own two-inch willy by injecting yourself with hormones. Oh, you've got underage drinking clothes off in bed. You, you've got scars from top surgery, breast removal, pictures, drawings, cartoons, all of Made this. for what age? These are for 8 to 12. Oh, my God. And then it goes younger when it really gets into books like uh, Julian is a Mermaid, where you have a grandmother who is what can only be described by me as grooming her grandson to explore the world of drag. These are for little kids. These are like kindergarten, first grade stuff. Oh, my God. And so you're now talking about studies in, from the United States government that reveal that you expose children to sexual material early. You increase their odds of being victimized, of going you, down aberrant We all know this. We've known this forever. If you're a parent, you know all of this stuff. And the fact that there are federal laws prohibiting the distribution of pornographic and obscene materials for minors because it's harmful to them doesn't go away when you put it into books like this and say that they're educational. It doesn't make them less obscene and any less harmful. And so we've got to wake up uh, and, and, and not just Frankly, yell at the school board because they're heavily invested. They haven't read every book in their library, and the books are laced. It's like it's like a you know you get Halloween candy that's laced with fentanyl. You don't necessarily know that it's there, but Scholastic is lacing their books with obscene material in the middle of the pages with benign-looking covers, so they don't even know it's there. So what we need to do is say, now that we know, now that we're exposing it, uh, let's stop yelling at the school board. Turn around in the board meeting, look at the parents, and say, Hey, mom and dad, what are you doing? Why are you dropping your kids off here seven hours a day to be indoctrinated by these people? Don't you understand that the whole point of this is to separate you from your children? You sexualize children, you drive a wedge between you and them. And they will go down roads mm -hmm. because of their natural curiosity and their impressionable minds with teachers who are pushing this stuff. Yes. And Scholastic, former CEO, is saying we're, we are committed to putting more and more of this material in more and more channels as we possibly can. In fact, they apologized to the leftist organizations when they pulled back a little bit in some of these book fairs and put these uh, LGBTQ obscene other type uh, of the They put it off to the side and said this is an, an optional package you could order. No, 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 no. They want it mainstream front and center. And so they apologized and doubled down on their efforts. Mm. This is Scholastic, the so thousand pound gorilla in the space. So what are you doing? Because you can watch the rest of it, right? You can watch the rest of it. Hey, folks. Why is Glenn Beck worried about it, but your pastor isn't? Why is Kirk Cameron telling you about it, and the pastor's not peeping about it? I don't know. Is Jeff Klein in here today, Jeff? I don't know if he's in here today. I just wonder how many pastors have shown up, how many people are showing up at the school board meetings. And you say, well, Coach, uh, I don't have any kids in the district. Well, they're using your money. They're using your money. And the only reason they're getting away with this stuff is there's no, there's no, there's not any bark. And there's Isaiah fifty six ten. Israel's watchmen are blind. They're all dumb dogs, loving to slumber, afraid to bark, afraid to bark. Woof, 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 woof. We got to start barking. Amen. Somebody rescue me! Come on in here. Hey, coach. Yeah. The just elected a woman on the school board at East Knox, far lefty. She got in there, and some Christian guy ran. He didn't make it. No, of didn't course not. It. 
You know, and she's the one, I guess, what I heard the other day, that she's the one that was really upset with me speaking down there. She was always in the crowd. Well, she got on the board. It's like, and we've taken a little time off here recently, last few months, summer. So I told Pastor Matt, I said, I got to go back. That lady sees me. Run her off. Run her off, man. Turn up the heat. That's what I say. Turn up the heat. Here's what we did. 12 years ago, when they fired John Freshwater, there's a great example. The first school board meeting when they was going to fire him was 250 people. The second month, it went to 600. 600 people showed up because they love John. That's all they did was just go to the meeting. So Nancy and I remember when Nancy was doing all the books. Yep. He set up tables on the front lawn of the school. We had two tables. And we had all these sheets of paper laid out there with all the filthy books. And I got to speak for three minutes at that 600 people in that theater. They had to move it to the theater. And I said, come out and see us afterwards. We got the list of books out on the table. If you're interested in doing something about these books, come see us. So we had our information on there with all the books. And people were lined up. Out of 600 people, probably 200, 250. Yeah, this is 10 years ago. You were talking about the books in the library. Yeah. Yep. So 600 people there, at least two or 300 people took the sheets of paper. Nancy had her phone number on there. I had my phone. I said, contact us if you want to do something. Our game plan was... You read a book, Grandpa, and you submit it. And we were going to get 30, 40, 50 people just to read a book, submit it, because you had to submit it to the board. Then they had to review it, some committee of six people. If they found it wrong, they could pull the book. Well, you only had 30 days to get your answer back. So we thought, let's flood them. Let's flood them all in one day, turn all these books in, reports, and they wouldn't be able to get back to us. And by law, if they didn't get back to you, they just broke the law. You know how many people signed up out of 600 there to help us? Take a guess. Zero. Nobody got with us. And no. and your pastor criticized you, not Pastor Bill, your former pastor criticized you. That's not the way you do it, right, Jeff? No, he didn't. JC said, come here. He said, I walked over at Father and Son, pastoral people at the church. Listen, that's not the way you handle that. I said, all right, pastor, show me how to handle it, and I'll follow your lead. He started stuttering and walked away. And now all these meetings I go to, when we go and there was 150 or 250, 150 and then 120 at the meetings, I would look at the crowd and I'd say, this was a question. I said, let me ask you tonight, how many of you here tonight, are the, are the pastors here? Raise your hand if you're a pastor. And I'd look around. All the people were looking. They're all turning their heads. Not one pastor. I said, not, one. not one. No, 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 no. The pastor's got his own kids in, on the football team or in the band, right? That's what we're dealing with, right? Israel's Watchmen. Hey, Spencer, look up Watchmen. Israel's Watchmen are blind. Isaiah 56, verse 10. A Watchman. Watchman. Watchman, that'd be better. <laughs> Watch and man. A sentinel. A guard. Spencer, Isaiah 56. Isaiah 56. Folks, are you looking at me? You're a watchman. I'm a watchman. Not just our pastors. If your pastor isn't being a uh, isn't being a watchman, that'd be your fault. Go to verse uh, 10. His watchmen are blind. They're all ignorant. Hey, Clay, that's you. Dave and Sherry, that's you. Hey, Susie Baldwin, that'd be you. That'd be you, Steve Deck and Keith. Julian Gale, that'd be you. His watchmen are blind. They're all ignorant. They're all ignoring the problem. They're all dumb dogs that cannot bark. They're, what good's a dog that can't bark? Sleeping, lying down, loving to slumber. Yeah, they're greedy. Who? Not just the pastors. Those of us who are the watchmen, you can never have enough. And their shepherds cannot understand. They can't understand. 
why Jeff would go to those school board meetings. Jeff, doggone it, Jeff. It's just what the Bible predicted. It's all just going to get worse, Jeff. They can't understand. They all look to their own way and their own congregations and building their own ministries and what they're going to get out of it. You don't have to say amen. Come ye, say they. I'll go get us some wine and we'll have a good party tonight. And boy, tomorrow will be even better. We'll get more and more people coming to church tomorrow and we'll pacify them and, and they'll give us money. And wow, we'll have a party again next week. Israel's watchmen can't even bark. Come on in, Craig. Well, Coach, I, you know, you're hitting on a theme that when um, I, the Lord really asked me to put this website together, Saving God's Children. So maybe, I don't know, is it Spencer working today? Maybe. Well, how about this, Craig? How about you tomorrow? We do it, man. Uh, I probably can't coach just because I have to work. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, but, okay. And, and it might be better if I give it just a couple more days to get a few more things posted on the site. But, you know, maybe if you could pull up the site, Saving okay. God's Children. Saving, what's the website, Craig? Saving God's children.com. It is, it is more than human But anyways, if you uh, see that, okay, you say, uh, you are the watchman on the wall, right? So <laughs> that's what I gave him to do. I said, we, we don't real, uh, well, we don't consider ourselves. Let me put it to you that way. Hey, Craig, hang on. hey, Craig, the pastors aren't going to do it. They're not going to do it. Keep going. Well, that's okay. I don't need to. That's what I'm saying. We're the watchmen. The pastor, if you're waiting for your pastor, he ain't going to do it. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm just hoping the Holy Spirit convicts people, but, you know, uh, not condemn, but convicts them. But anyways, if you look at the the mission statement there, it says, uh, by his calling, God's ecclesia, and I put in parentheses, which is the body of Christ, is the local community's watchman on the wall. I mean, that's that's the default setting. All right. And right. the mission of saving God's children is to entrench this thought in the mind of the ecclesia, because we don't have this in our minds, to get involved locally to fight against child and human trafficking. And uh, Spencer, uh, you know, when I uh, talked to Liberty Mel, he made uh, her logo. So I asked Jared, I said, can Spencer make a logo for me? And he did. And guess what? He made a key, right? And that just tied in perfectly because that's what Bob and Tammy Evans gave me this this key lanyard, right? So right. it says, you know, saving God's children says you hold the key to eradicating child trafficking. And the reason that you do is because spiritually you've been given the authority to combat this in the spirit realm, but also giving of your time and treasure helps those who are actively providing services to victims. Anyways, you can, you can rally around the people that are doing it or people can rally around you when they, when you make yourself known. So we are, we are the watchman on the wall and we just need to get that in our heads. Hey Craig, hey, Craig, who's not for protecting children? Do you know, do you, do you run into people regularly who are for not protecting children? Uh, probably pedophiles and sexually <laughs> perverts. And people I mean, that want- you talk about an issue you can win. I, I mean, Daisy, criminy, right? Do you think the average person wants transgenderism taught to their child? child? Do you guys think that? No, well, you don't need that to answer, right? It's, it's foolish. It's crazy. Paul Goslin, come on in, Paul. Hey, Coach. I uh, just put in the in the messaging there something that's of interest. You guys send your kids to like pediatricians. They're pushing this gender affirming uh, crap yep. on their children. You got to be in there with when the doctor's there. They're actually told in a in a um, uh, American Association of Pediatrics. They actually told the members in this huge forum. They have to rename the uh, genitals of children, like glory <laughs> hole, back hole. Uh, it, it's absolutely insane. Mm-hmm. So you can't leave them with the new priests called doctors. You can't leave them with the pastors. You can't leave them with anybody. You just have to take them out of school. You have to. You can't let them go and. and That's right. And, and, Cognito with these stupid doctors. Hey, hey, how about how about a constitutional amendment that the tax dollars follow the child? How about one of those? We're waiting for our legislator to pass it. They, they won't do it. See, Paul's exactly right, folks. All of the experts, all of the experts have been educated in the same stuff. 
They've thrown Christ and Christianity out, and they are being educated in humanism, secularism, governmentalism, all of your experts. That's what they've been taught. Are you, are you tracking here? You see what's going on? So if we're going to rescue the children, we have to understand, first and foremost, we're a peculiar people. <laughs> they already think we're freaks, right? Hey, Spence, throw that, throw that huddle back up there again. Throw that huddle up there again. So, hey, you know what I say? I'm going to use a harsh word. Screw the people in the stands. Screw them. Those of us who are playing, let's get together. Let's huddle up. Let's run some plays. Let's push back here. Quit, quit waiting on the dogs that ain't going to bark. They ain't going to bark. They ain't going to bark. Mary Beth, come on in. And Jack. Mary Beth. Jack, come on in. We got to do something about the universities, Coach. You, the, the, the teachers are being taught at the university level. Yeah, but listen, we can't start, we can't start there. We, we can't start there. We can't start there. We got to start by getting our kids out from under the influence of those who've been university educated. That's Absolutely. where we got to start. That's we got to do both. We got to do both. How do we get away with, how do they get away with teaching children their values rather than mine? How do they get away with that? With my tax dollars. How does that work? That's what we're dealing with. All politics are local. They call them local schools. Local schools. And I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that here in Ohio, just down the road about 15 miles from us, uh, eight people were killed yesterday on a school bus, although it wasn't a school bus. It was a chartered bus from a rural school district up near Akron, Ohio, Tusky Valley. They were going to a concert or some kind of whatever, and something happened. They were rammed from behind by a semi, which immediately burst into flames. Eight people died at the scene, including three parents in a per personal car following who were going as chaperones for the event that they were going to. Now, I don't know. I don't know. I can't. Can you imagine the grief? Can you even imagine? Even imagine? It was three, uh, two 18-year-olds and a 15-year-old child died. Probably. If you, I don't know, Spencer, if you could. What a horrific. Flames. I mean, I, it, it's, it's un, unimaginable. And I don't know this, but I know that people have been telling me that a lot of People driving semis are no, not really qualified, or how dare I say it, not even American citizens. And heaven forbid that happened here. But, uh, you know, it's not my local community. Can you imagine sending your kid off to school, putting them on the yellow school bus from hell, never having them come back? Hey, we know it can happen. It's not done have to do with schools, right? It can happen. It can happen. It can happen anywhere. Yeah. And then we want to make marijuana legal. And we want to make marijuana legal. And we weep and moan over these children. And it's it's bad. Are you able to find something on there, Spence? I don't know if you could. It doesn't matter. Yeah, we slaughter babies in the womb every day. Here, it's up on the screen. Maybe you can play that. <clears throat> Just kind of get to. Or somebody, some, somebody driving by was. Andrew Kinsey. Took a video of it. It's a cell phone video. It's horrific. It's this all happened it. around 8.15 this morning near State Route 310. In the past few hours, we've learned a lot of new information about exactly what happened. First, the State Highway Patrol saying that three teenagers and three adults died. The youngest, 15. The oldest, now eight. 56. The Highway Patrol says it was a chain reaction that caused all five vehicles to crash. The students who died were on the bus, and the three adults were in a vehicle traveling behind the bus. The NTSB also gave an update a short time ago. Here's how they described what happened. They had approached a traffic queue uh, that resulted from an earlier crash on I-70, and a tractor-trailer approached behind uh, the SUV. We do 
We have heard conflicting information about the sequence of events, uh, so that's something we'll have to determine tomorrow. The NTSB plans to go to the scene tomorrow morning to begin its investigation. Yeah, they'll, plans they'll do to an investigation on it. tomorrow look, afternoon. Look, I, I, I don't blame this on public schools. I just, I just say, what a horrific, horrific thing. Do, do we really love our children? Do we only love our children when they die? Is that it? It's only a tragedy when they die. It's not a die. It's not a tragedy when they die spiritually, and die morally, and that's uh, die genderly. That's that's not a tragedy. Don't ever forget, Jesus said, "Be better for you to put a millstone around your neck, be thrown into." The... It's the only sin where He ever says that. Be better to put a millstone around your neck and throw yourself into the deepest part of the ocean than to mislead one of these little ones. Believe in me. We got to up our game. God bless you. See you tomorrow.